is the My Talk Now trending report. Interesting day on the World Wide Web. All right, everybody, thanks for hanging out with us today. We are delighted to welcome back Mary Kubica. Am I saying that right, Mary? You are. Mary Kubica, the famous author that we had on. Gosh, it was, has it already been? When did we have you on for Good Girl, Girls Don't Cry, or The Last, Every Last Lie? I feel like. Every Last Lie came out last year. I yeah. think it's been about a year. Yeah, yeah. so yeah, nice yeah, yeah. to have you on again, and you've written another doozy, When the Lights Go Out, Insomnia Has Taken Her to Sleep Now, It's Taking Her Mind. So welcome back, and how do you keep pumping out these good books, woman? <laughs> I don't know. I just keep getting ideas this when is, I have to write them. How did you, all right, so give everyone the setup for this book, Mayor. Yeah, sure. So in, in When the Lights Go Out, we have two storylines. In one, we meet Eden, who's um, a young married woman. She and her husband, Aaron, make the decision to start a family, and they come to discover that they're going to struggle with infertility, which just wreaks havoc on their marriage and their finances, and Eden herself as she becomes more and more desperate to become a mother. Oh. And in the other storyline, we meet Jessie, who is 20 years old. Um, she's just lost her own mother to breast cancer. And um, Jessie has no other family or friends to speak of, and so she sort of ventures off on her own for the first time, and in doing so starts to discover some startling information that makes her wonder if she's really the person she thinks she is. But in the wake of her mother's death, Jessie is suffering from this debilitating insomnia, and so the days go on and on without sleep. Okay, so one of the things, and it it did strike me, and Lori, we both, I think Lori finished it. I've got about yeah, no, 40 I, pages left, and I'm going crazy. I finished it. She, she loved it, but what do you, what do you... But I, I gotta say, I, I had, I thought I had it figured out, and boy, was I wrong. <laughs> That's and, what I like to hear. And so, Mary, I mean, this is something interesting, A, about insomnia, and B, when you don't have a Social Security number. How, yeah. Who are you, and how do you even figure out a way to find out who you are? Exactly. And Jesse has no security number. She has no driver's license. She, can't, she has no birth certificate. And so she's just, you know, running in circles, really, because without any of this identification, she can't prove who she is. And so she just, you know, she's trapped. Um, and then the insomnia part was, it was really fun, I have to say, to work with as an author and okay. just, you know, study kind of the way that the insomnia was going to wreak havoc on her mind right. and her body, just the physical, the mo- emotional, the mental um, decline she was going to go through throughout those days. And what's, it, I think you said in the book, 11 days is the longest you can go without sleeping? Yeah, 11 days is the longest that it's been recorded that anyone has gone without sleeping, and that was back in the 1960s. And... You know, at 11 days, that study was cut off. He 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 um, is still alive, but um, yeah. So that so that you know, throughout the story, we count up Jesse's progression up to 11 days. So you did do research yeah. on that part that part of the story because it's it's very like Vivid. we don't know what's real, what's not real, and I. And I have to say, and Mary, I think I've read all of your books now because I read The Good Girl Pretty on a vacation. And, you know, we had you on last year. But this is the first time I've ever had a book that actually gave me insomnia <laughs> for one night. <laughs> she because did. She I didn't, didn't want to stop reading oh, one. God. And I made myself stop reading. But then I couldn't. And I started thinking about what that's like and i mean i've i know friends julia people who have a hard time sleeping and then i i jinxed myself by thinking i'm so lucky i can just fall asleep at any time (laughs) but but people really do i mean it is a real thing and and under trauma is there more insomnia 
In your yeah, head. absolutely. I mean, she's going through, you know, she's grieving. She's going through all this emotional turmoil. And I think insomnia is fascinating because it's so relatable. You know, every, I think everybody has had the occasional sleepless night. Yes. And you know how that feels. And you know Horrible. how your mind loves to play games with you in the middle of the night. And, you know, you're thinking all these thoughts you don't want to be thinking. And the next day you're totally fatigued and grumpy. And, you know, I, we can, we've all been there. And mm-hmm. so that's what makes the story so relatable, I think. And, of course, you know, as the days go on for Jesse, that those those um, feelings and the physical decline, it, it all just becomes that much yeah. more exacerbated. And, and the other theme in the movie about, you know... Or the what, book. Or, or the book, yeah, sorry. The, <laughs> the or I didn't sleep. I didn't sleep, I'm <laughs> telling you. This is a result of my insomnia. Um, but the other thing in the book um, is the whole desperately wanting to have a baby and oh. then, you know, Eden and Aaron are, you know, we find out very early in the book, you know, they find this wonderful place to live. This It's going to be their dream home. And then they can, they can absolutely becoming consumed with trying to get pregnant. That I, That is also, I think, a very relatable topic and how you write about it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I think that's another thing that, unfortunately, I think we all probably know somebody who has struggled with infertility. And, you know, for me, as a mother, my family's everything to me. And so I think that I pulled, I drew on a lot of that, my own experiences and the loved ones that I knew who suffered with infertility. And I was, you know, I was able to get that across, hopefully, through Eden's story. Um, this book, you know, it's a thriller. It's a page yes, turner, it but is I think a it has a big emotional draw yeah, as well. Does. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Especially because some of the thoughts that Eden has about babies and what she would do to get a baby. Right. Absolutely. It's just like, oh, my God. But you can and and I will agree with Lori there because, you know, I struggled a little bit with infertility. And just when you would take the pregnancy test and it would be negative or you'd spot and just the feelings. And I know friends who have gone through it and you think. Oh my gosh! Everyone can get pregnant. What's wrong with me? Well, it plays and havoc on your relationship, your relationship too, because you have to have scheduled sex. That's part of the tensions mm-hmm. too, because you're like cheering for Eden and Aaron because you can feel their love. Right. Where did you get this idea from, though? Because your books all are very different. Yeah, I think you know they all have this kind of underlying mother-child theme going on, and okay. it's not necessarily intentional. But I put that in there. It sort of just weaves its way into all of my storylines. And I think that's sort of just because I'm a mother myself and, and my family's so dominant in my own life that it works its way in. Um, but, you know, there's, there's the two different mother-child relationships going on here, Jesse and her mother, and then Eden and this overwhelming desire to be a mother herself. And so right. they, they really mirror each other in the story. Mm-hmm. It's just so good. Ma- Mary, you're a good writer. If you're just joining us, we're talking with Mary Kubrika. And um, when the lights go out, a novel, it's your latest one, and all of them are page turners, and it's twisted, and it's roller coasty, and it's, it's relatable, and it's so good, but so people should buy the damn book and read it and enjoy themselves and escape. But here's our question for you, because um, we always want to ask everybody who's on our show, authors, what's the last great book you read? Yeah, I recently finished um, Catherine Stedman's Something in the Water. Okay, and it's we fabulous. were just talking about this. Did you like it? I did. I really loved it. Okay. <laughs> I believe it's a Reese Witherspoon book club pick. Yes, it was. It is. Yeah, okay. yeah. I'm really excited about that. Okay, so what would it mean for you if Reese Witherspoon picked your book? Oh my gosh, it would, I would be I would be over the moon. It, it would mean everything. I just 
Um, I would love to see my book on the big screen one day. I, well, I was going to say, would you rather her have her pick a book for her book club or have her pick one of your books and make it into a miniseries? Yeah. Well, I would take either, to be okay, honest. Okay, all right. I'm not picky. All right, okay. you're not You're not a greedy no. one. See, we're greedy and we'd be like, let's go straight to HBO with the miniseries. All right, which of your books... Because is this your fifth book, When the Lights Go Out? Yes. Okay, so which of your books do you think, if you're just putting on your TV hat and what you like to watch, what do you think is the book that, like, if you could boss your TV agent into really pushing, which one would it be? Yeah, I think um, I think my first one, The Good Girl. I, yeah. I would love to see that, mm-hmm. you know, on TV, or I would love to see that happen. And that could be filmed in Minnesota. Absolutely, <laughs> yeah. I know. You're right. I know. <laughs> Right where we are. <laughs> oh, man, you're good, honey. All right, oh, so people buy this book. You will enjoy it. Yeah. And we want to thank you for being on our show today. And we'll keep our eye on you, and whatever your next book is, we'll have you on. Oh, I would love that. Thank you so much for having me back Oh, today. you're so welcome. Okay. okay. Mary Kubica, when the lights go out, we've got a couple copy of... Thanks, Mary. ...to give away 651-641-1071. Yeah, you didn't read The Good Girl. No, I didn't, and, but I have it at home. Yeah, and it is, you know, the girl is kidnapped. It, it goes it's up in Grand Marais area, up in the Gunflint. Oh. The Minnesota Snowboard could give a rebate. I feel like Reese Witherspoon should just, you know, listen to our podcast. Today I can't believe she doesn't. Yeah, but... I've if, been emailing her a lot lately. Reese. Reese, what are you doing? She just started a book club. We've been doing that for 16 years. Listen, she's one of the A-list people who took the advice of her PR person and said, yes, be on social media, but don't read any of the comments, except for the ones that we pre-screen that are nice for you that you can respond to. <laughs> no, that's it, Toya. I mean, that's, you know, I'm a, that's my other dream go. job is my, oh, yeah. my PR yep. advice. They it's, gave the same thing to Julia Roberts, although she did. No, she is not even on the level as No, Reese. but I mean that she finally joined Instagram. Oh, big deal. And she did read a comment, and so she got her snarky 25-year-old social media manager to come up with a good clapback to show, don't mess with me. You know what? It mm-hmm. was kind of it was a good conversation on Donna and Steve's show the other day. Which celebrities just bug you for no reason at all? Yeah, Julia Roberts. Yep. Yeah, there you go. Uh-huh. All right, listen. We come back. It's time for uh, Hollywood.